Narcissists will go to therapy to be able to gain knowledge and be able to leverage that knowledge to use and to abuse you even more. Don't go to therapy with a narcissist. Please, if, you, if there's anything you hear, if there's anything you get just from this video, take those first couple seconds and just listen to it over and over because you don't want to go to therapy with a narcissist. Some of you might already know what I'm talking about. You might already have an idea because you've been in the same room with your narcissist, with the toxic person in your life, and you're going through therapy, you're going through counseling, and you're wondering like, how am I getting it switched around on me? How am I becoming the bad person when all I've done is love this person? All I've done is invest. All I've done is take care of the house or the kids or the job or whatever it might be. How am I getting painted this way when I've never even been abusive in my life, when I've never even exemplified these traits? A lot of times there's confusion that comes from couples therapy. There's a lot of manipulation that happens in couples therapy. And there's a lot of things that happen in couples therapy that a narcissist uses to manipulate, control, and ultimately abuse you even more. Don't go to therapy as a couple with a narcissist. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel and several others to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. If you don't follow already, let's look up Raw Motivations on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, because we're trying to build awareness of what this actually is. Let me ask you today, you might have someone in your life that might be going to couples therapy with someone that's a narcissist. There is someone that exemplifies toxic behaviors. We're going to go through a couple things with that and how it looks a lot of times in the, the couples therapy, counseling or whatever. But I want you to take a stand today and be like, hey, I know someone that's actually in therapy with a toxic person and send them this episode. Whether you listen on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you're watching on YouTube, share it with someone to help them understand. Just, hey, just FYI, this might be something that you're going through. This might be something you're struggling with. Because a lot of people need to understand and build up that awareness. If you guys want to talk sometime on one-on-ones, I do one-on-ones, just go to rawmotivations.com. would love to be able to chat with you to be able to help you break out of a trauma bond, get through the rumination phase, or work on your vision or values moving forward, how to set boundaries. If you guys need a support system or you feel isolated and alone, check out the NARC app. Just type in N-A-R-C into Apple or Google Play because there's a lot of people on there that are trying to help support you with your healing growth and, and change through boundaries, through tracking your contact, through, through journaling, through weekly lives, through coaching events, all different things that are happening inside the app to try to help you progress forward to be happy, healthy, and whole moving forward. So a lot of times when you have people that are going to go to couples therapy, and normally the premise is, normally the idea is that like, hey, like they need to go to be able to work on the relationship or to be able to work on the marriage. And a lot of times it's based on just simple facts of like, hey, we just have communication issues. And, you know, the counselor, the therapist like goes into it thinking like, okay, I need to help solve the communication issues between the two people. The problem is when the communication issues are, are subtly under, you know, triggering events, dog whistling, lies and gaslighting, it's hard to be able to find the truth, especially when you're not in that relationship 24-7. The therapist is sitting there and one person saying one thing, one person saying another thing it can be very difficult playing judge and jury trying to figure out what's actually going on in the relationship. Maybe they show up because one of them says they have in intimacy issues or like that's what the therapist is focused on. Let's fix this and it'll spill over into other areas. 
Maybe it's like, let's fix your anger issues. Let's get you into anger management class. Let's work on your ADHD. Let's work on, you know, X, Y, and Z, a whole plethora of different things that sometimes comes up of like, let's attack this thing. Let's, let's work on this thing. Let's, let's focus on this thing. And a lot of times narcissism as a whole gets avoided, especially in couples therapy. Now, a lot of times the reason why it gets avoided is a lot of times people that do couples therapy don't know what they're looking for. There's a lot of therapists out there, a lot of counselors that don't have a clue of what narcissism is. Definitely not what it looks like in the real world. They might understand textbook definition, but how it shows up, not as much. So what happens when you go to therapy with a narcissist? First thing I would say is, is for everybody out there that's considering couples therapy, one, you shouldn't be going to couples therapy if the other person is not setting up the appointment. Just like random tidbit random idea but like let's say let's say if if you're the victim and he is the narcissist and he doesn't have the guts or the balls to actually set up the appointment then you already know right there this person's not invested they don't care they're not too busy no they can make time for the things they want you know but that already shows you right there where the person's mindset is you probably need to set up an exit strategy and leave okay all right so a lot of times people go to therapy and they'll just sit there Narcissists be completely silent. You walk in and they're just like stonewalling. They're quiet. And it doesn't seem like what in the world is going on. Like this is what happened. And then you start looking like the crazy person because you get frustrated. You get mad. You get triggered. You get reactive abuse because you want to attack this person because like you have done this to me so many times and now you won't communicate. Now you won't share. You said you wanted this, but now you won't actually show up. A lot of times that'll happen in going to therapy. Sometimes you'll show up and then the narcissist will just get to a place and they'll just blow up. They'll storm out. Both of you, both of you are, are ganging up on me. The therapist doesn't like me. Like I can see that she's attacking me or he, or he's, he's leveraging things against me. Like I just can't be in this. Like it's just, it's just toxic. Like I can't do this. And you see the nurses put together any fabrication of lies to be able to say, Hey, I don't, I don't want to do this. You'll see them storm out. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. A lot of times they don't. A lot of times you'll have a narcissist go into therapy and you'll be going through that process and it'll seem like decent in the moment. And then what happens is the aftermath of going at home in the car and having the rage happen just as bad, if not worse than what happened before. Of later on having them blame and shame you and, and use words and use phrases that they picked up in the couple's therapy as ammunition to be able to attack you more. See? It's your fault. You made me do this because of this. Like if you had done this, if you had acted this way, then I wouldn't have done this. A lot of times when the narcissist leaves couples therapy, they don't go back. And they don't engage anymore because they know better. They think they're they're better than the, the therapist or they don't care. Probably one of the most common ones is when you go to therapy with a narcissist, the narcissist will use it to manipulate the therapist to be able to gain ammunition and to be able to abuse you even more. Time and time again, you'll see them paint you in a bad picture, in a bad light. Twist the words, gaslight, and you sit down and you look over at the person, the narcissist in your life, and you're like, I don't even recognize this person because this is not how they show up at home. This is not how they engage with me. This is not how they interact. This is not how they care. Like, it's a completely different person. You're like, this person would be great to have, but this person is not who's at home. You see, a narcissist will go to couples therapy to be able to gain knowledge and gain information to be able to leverage you and to abuse you even more. 
Narcissists will go to therapy to be able to gain knowledge and be able to leverage that knowledge to use and to abuse you even more. See, a lot of therapists are taught to work with the person in the room. It's one of the easiest ways to explain it. And it makes sense. You know, you have to be able to work with the person that's there. You're not working with people that are outside the room. You're not working with people that that aren't there. Like, only person we can work on is you, right? And when we're doing one-on-ones, we're doing coaching, when we're in therapy, like, the only person that we can work on is the person sitting across from the therapist. The problem is, the narcissist walks in and they bring their mask. Hey, I want this marriage. Mm-hmm. And they keep putting the mask in front. And so the person, the therapist, the counselor that's working there doesn't really know what they're working with. Because the narcissist says they want the marriage. Or the narcissist says, I wanted to work. Or the narcissist says, like, this person's been abusing me. And they twist and manipulate so much. Let's talk really quick on a side note of Christian counseling. Or Christian therapists. Like, people that counsel specifically from a Christian standpoint. The problem is, a lot of times, they also have no education about narcissism. They don't know anything about it. When it just gets labeled pride, yeah, that's true. It is it is pride, but it's also a lot more different things like that that keep the narcissist from actually admitting anything truth. Over the period of our marriage, we've gone to a specifically like Christian counseling twice. The first time we went through Christian counseling, my wife walked away from the whole counseling experience with the concept that she was responsible for my cheating. That if she would have loved me better, it would have kept me from cheating. That she would have engaged more than it would have provided a safe place so I wouldn't have cheated. If she would have loved me more, then it would have made it hard for me to go out and cheat. Which is completely false and irrelevant because it doesn't matter what she did. It was all about me. The second one that we went to, we sat down. And this is during like my journey of like self-awareness where I'm starting to pick up on different things. And I'm starting to hear different things. One of the things that I was hearing, first off, was like statements that were like, you know, this is true, right? Well, you already know this. And like moving on in one sense where I was like, yeah, if I know that's true, that's great. And I do know that's a true thing or a thing that I should be doing, but that's not where I'm at. And so as a result, it's not a safe place for me to even share what's going on because there's already like that automatic like judgment there. Then I started picking up and noticing different phrases and words that the counselor was saying that ultimately in a un, in an unhealthy state, would I would twist and I would use to be able to abuse my wife. So after a couple of times of us going and me starting to pick up on this, I was like, we're not going back to that. Like we need to get into something else that's actually healthy because that telling you like you it's your it's your fault for not creating a a clean environment or or enabling me to to lead you spiritually or stuff like that that's a bunch of bs and a lot of times you'll get with a christian counselor that will tell you stuff like that that ultimately will continue to have you get abused even more sometimes with christian counseling they want you to reconcile with the abuser And the thing I want you to be able to hear and understand is that forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. You can forgive a person and still not be with them. You can forgive a person and remove yourself from that abusive place to protect yourself, to protect your kids, and to continue moving forward, living a happy and a healthy life. I think a lot of times people get it confused with mainstream Christianity trying to push of like, hey, it's bad to get a divorce, or it's bad to do this, or you have to do this, or you have to be justified to be able to to do this, or for God to love you, or anything like that. When it comes down to it, God doesn't want you to live in a relationship that is abusive and unsafe. And if you're living in one of those, if you're engaged in one of those, and you're getting judged by the, the Christians in your life, then I hope you are able to get out of not just the toxic environment and the toxic person, but also that Christian circle that's not helping support you and understand 
the true shit that you're having to deal with and you're having to work through. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks so much and be blessed.